friends. Welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have a real meaningful and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and we hope you are having a beautiful week. We have had a little bit of sad, which is an understatement, a little bit of devastating, heartbreaking news recently, which is that we lost our beautiful golden retriever baby, Milu. Yeah, so we posted about that last week on Instagram. It actually happened two weeks before the day that we posted it. But as I'm sure you can imagine, things have just been so raw and so fresh and painful. Um, So we just waited a little bit for the feelings to dull, although to be honest, they haven't really. It's still pretty intense. Our baby Moo, he was only seven and a half years old when he passed away. And he actually had an accident on the beach where we've taken him his whole life and he loved so much to run around and be like really, really crazy on the beach. (laughs) But he did bash into his tree trunk really hard. We thought he had broken his leg, rushed him to the vet and they did all the scans. They said that he just needed to rest and that nothing was broken. And then um, there ended up being a complication and he did end up collapsing and then passing away about five days after his accident. So, yeah, what the hell? It's been rough. It's been a few weeks. So, yeah, they think that maybe he had a blood clot and there wasn't much that they could have done to have known about it. And it's obviously been pretty rough, but we know that we gave him so, so much love. He gave us so much love. And I think that love will keep us going for the rest of our lives and really just an unbelievable reminder to be grateful for all of the incredible things you have in your life. Squeeze your puppies tight every night, and we definitely have comfort in knowing that we had been practicing gratitude so much lately, and so many times the two of us, even on this podcast, would talk about how grateful we were for Milu, and knowing that we were grateful for him while we had him really, really feels super comforting and knowing that he knew just how much we loved him. So true. Yeah. I feel like every single day we would tell him that like he was the most special things in our life, that he was our soulmate, that he was just like magic. So there's definitely that comfort in knowing that he knew exactly how we felt about him. And he definitely made it abundantly clear how he felt about us because every time we walked in the room, he would grab his blankie and he would cry. And (laughs) a special little boy will always be in our hearts for sure. Yeah. And he also loved dancing with us. Whenever we danced, he would jump on us. So now we've been dancing and singing and being joyful just for him. So pretty fitting that this week, being the animal lovers that we are, We are going to be talking about the Melbourne Cup, which is happening today in Melbourne. If you don't know, it is Australia's largest horse racing event. They call it the race that stops a nation. And we are going to be getting into talking all about our feelings on this day as the animal lovers that we are. Do make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to hear who we are going to be chatting to next week. And let's get into this episode. Make 
Okay, so I think it's worth starting the conversation acknowledging that we have attended the Spring Racing Carnival here in Melbourne for many, many years. We have. And what it is, if you've never been before, is this day where there are horses racing. But really, for everybody who goes, it's a day to dress up, wear these absolutely beautiful clothes. There are lots of amazing marquees that brands put on. Or you can go with your friends and you can hang out and you can have a picnic. You eat incredible food. You drink a lot. You have a dance. And it's this really fun day that to most people who go feels like a really, really fun festival. And every hour or so, everybody stops and there's a race and everybody gets excited or unhappy about how much money they just lost or won. But for a lot of people who do go, it's not really about the horses. I've been many years when I haven't even seen a horse. But I do think it's also worth mentioning that if you do grow up in the culture within Melbourne that we have, I can remember every cup day, probably since I was little, you know, it's a public holiday, so you got it off school and it was very normal to, you know, have a barbecue with your friends or have lunch with your friends and you might have a little thing where you all put in $2 or $5, whatever. So there is this culture that we grew up in around this cup day. And it's not that you necessarily support horse racing on a normal weekend, but it is surrounding this one spring racing carnival and particularly the cup day that is so deeply ingrained into our society. For sure. And especially in fashion as well. You know, it's a massive event on the fashion calendar for retailers. Everybody themes their spring collections around spring racing. Journalists talk about it a lot. It's really, really normalized and it's really part of the general culture. And I think it's one of those things that, like you said, even at school, in class, we would do these sweeps together. And I think it's one of those things, like so many things that we do, that nobody really stops and thinks, okay, what is this about? Growing up, I didn't actually know until quite recently even, I didn't actually think about the impact on the horses and I didn't realize just how cruel it is to the animals that are involved in the sport. Yeah, and I think that it's one of those things that for us did not happen overnight. So we started going to the Spring Racing Carnival probably within the first year or second year of starting How to Live. And for people that work in the fashion industry or in probably a lot of industries, it's really like this networking hub. So we actually saw this carnival and attending the few days that we went, we saw it as an opportunity to connect with brands and people that we wouldn't necessarily have access to otherwise. So even when I did start to wake up to the fact that I didn't personally agree with horse racing and my values didn't align, there were at least two years there where we continued to go because like everyone, we're like, oh, it's happening anyway. We just won't bet. I remember that first year that I went and I was like, I don't support it, so I'm not going to bet, but I'm still going to go. So putting my hand up to say, like, I am not perfect. I knew it was wrong for a while and I still continued to go and I still continued to love the experience. But it wasn't until I really started to educate myself and read actually about what goes on in the horse racing industry and why it is so cruel that I really was just like, okay, wait, this is not right. This just does not feel good. Well, and I think that's the thing with everything, isn't it? It's so important to 
do your research, to come from an educated place and then make informed choices rather than just doing things blindly. And I think that horse racing for so many is something that if you did hear that it's bad, you might be like, oh, I don't want to know about that side of it. I'm not going for that side of it. But I think that it is really important that you do your full research and then make a choice on what really feels right to you. Yeah. And this podcast isn't about rattling off facts about the horse racing industry and trying to convince you of how bad that is. We will let you go and do your own research. I think the number one thing that we really want to promote here is conversations that we don't feel like people are having and promoting you to ask the hard questions and really look at your choices strategically. So it was actually really exciting. I think last year, it seemed like there was this real move towards anti-spring racing. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Taylor Swift was supposed to come out to perform at the Melbourne Cup. And then she received a lot of backlash for that announcement. And so actually ended up pulling out of performing. She said it was because of scheduling difficulties, but it was pretty clear that she was deciding not to kind of get involved in what has become a very controversial controversial thing. And there were a lot of influencers and celebrities as well, including Megan Gow, stepping back last year and saying, I don't want to support this anymore. There is this movement called Nup to the Cup, which is really encouraging people to take a stand against the Melbourne Cup and say, no, this does not feel right. I will not support it. And I think that what is really interesting this year is that because there is so much going on and there is so much noise and devastation around what's happened with COVID and all of the other things this year, it seems like Cup Day and horse racing is slipping under people's radars and there's not nearly as much outrage this year as there was last year about it. And I really think that this year we have an opportunity for those of us who don't believe that horse racing should be a thing. I really believe we have an opportunity to start this conversation and start educating people about it because Usually people are distracted by the fact that they want to go and get dressed up and have a really fun day. And I get that because that was me for such a long time. And it's really hard to convince people to minimize their own pleasure in order for a greater cause. But this year, well, this year, despite the horse racing organization's efforts to have it go ahead with spectators, they haven't been allowed to have any guests there, which means all it is is a bunch of dudes, mainly dudes, let's be honest, sitting around whipping horses while these horses run for their fucking lives. One statistically will probably fall and break its leg and have to be put down. And there isn't a show with it. So it's stripped back. It's taking away all the fun, all the glamour, all the distraction. And what we can plainly see is animal cruelty. So I think that we really, really have an opportunity, just like Jess and I have done with our shoe label this year, where we wanted it to be sustainable and we thought it would be a goal eventually. But, you know, we were caught up in the day-to-day. We are caught up in running events and the sales and all of that. So we weren't actually taking action. But this year, this crazy fucking mindfuck of a year is giving us this opportunity to stop and question things and question why we do things and really look at the day and be like, what are we actually doing here? And I would also really like to raise 
something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days, which came about from me just reading up about the horse racing industry and what's been happening in the last few months this year in preparation for this podcast. And it seems like the horse racing industry is saying we are doing some things to make it safer for the horses. An example of this is the equestrian industry has said that they're making the jumps safer for the horses. And it's like, okay, but... (laughs) Can you guys remember a time where it was acceptable to have animals in circuses? Can you guys remember a time where it was acceptable to have bears dancing? These two things are no longer accepted in our society, in our culture. I feel like it's plain as day in my mind that what we're doing to these horses, making them perform for us, can be compared to these two things. And they were outlawed. So this is going to be outlawed. It must be. It has to be because just like the circus, just like the dancing, it's not humane. Yeah. And I think over time, our compassion grows and we become more humane as a society. And I think that we can all agree that there will one day be a time when horse racing is no longer acceptable. And it's another one of those times where you need to ask yourself the question, what side of history do you want to be on? And I think that we've had this conversation with Pam Ahern, the founder of Edgar's Mission, and we've had an incredible conversation with the founder of Peter, Ingrid Newkirk. Definitely recommend, if this is interesting you, that you go and listen to those episodes. But something that we've talked about is how it's so easy for us to look at our own beautiful pets in our homes, to look at our cats, to look at our dogs, and feel such compassion for them. Now tell me, would you go and would you put your dog on a racetrack? Would you have a human sit on its back? Would you have it whipped while it runs for its fucking life? Would you have their tongues tied and a metal thing put in their mouth? Would you have them put blinders on their faces so they can't get distracted? And would you have people stand around and drink champagne and bet on whether your dog was going to run the fastest from having the shit beat out of it. Would you put your dog through that? I feel sick. While I'm describing it, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm describing the Hunger Games and I feel like I'm describing the Capitol sitting around and watching these human beings run for their lives while they sit there up in their towers with their beautiful clothes on, being so disconnected from it. I literally have goosebumps from this and I hope you have goosebumps from this too Mm. because... I know that you listening have this compassion. I know you have a big fucking heart. And I know that if you love your pet, the answer to that question is hell no. You would never put your animal through that. And now tell me, what is the difference between your pet and those horses out there? The only difference is that you don't have a personal connection and a personal bond with that animal. But that animal has that same heart those same feelings, and it goes through that exact thing that your pet would be going through if it was in that situation. Mm, I feel so sad after you said that. That's sad. But it's true. Everything that you just said is true. And I guess 
it's not fun to be the one in the room when everyone else is trying to have fun, to be the one to stand up and be like, I don't agree with this. You feel a bit like you're being a downer, but maybe I'll tell you a story and this will make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Elliot, my boyfriend, has started referring to me as Debbie Downer because he literally (laughs) can't bring me something that I can't unpack to make it anti-feminist, to make it anti-animal welfare or anti-the environment. Literally everything he comes to me with, like the other day he gave me a candle and I was like, oh, but babe, like, did you see this about the candle and this about the candle? Like I just, (laughs) but the thing is, it's what I believe in. And at the beginning I thought, oh, like, is it too much? But ultimately I'm seeing these things in front of my eyes plain as day. Like who am I if not to call them out? Sorry, we can't just stand by and watch this shit happen. Otherwise change is not created. Don't be scared to be the one in your friendship group that raises their hand and says, Oi, maybe this year instead of doing a sweep, why don't we do a bake-off or whatever else it is? I'm sure that your friends are ripe to have these conversations because lots of people are waking up to the atrocities that we're seeing in front of our eyes. So it'll just take one person to start to get the conversation going and then maybe that ball will just keep rolling and you guys will all be saying fuck the cup together. Ooh, that should be a new one. Fuck the cup. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And usually there are a lot of nut to the cup events and protests. And there will be some this year, but obviously for a lot of people, it's difficult to go to. But there are so many other things you can do. Just educating yourself goes such a long way. Having those conversations with people who are just so blindly supporting the cup and, you know, posting on your social media your feelings about it is just so important, particularly this year when people don't have those blinders on themselves of this is a really fun event and I don't want to minimize my own fun. Nobody's having fun with the cup this year. So it is the perfect year to really ramp up this conversation. And we're feeling like if all of us really band together, we're going to make some massive changes. Because think about all of the things that you haven't been able to do this year. Think about the fact that you haven't been able to have a wedding or a funeral or go to school or go to work or see your friends or see your family. You haven't been able to do any of these things. Yet, a group of people are allowed to get together and whip the shit out of their horses because that's what makes money. So if that doesn't go to show you why society continues this, because really there are so many things at play here and gambling is such a massive industry and they give so much money to the governments that the governments give them permits to go ahead. When drive-in cinemas aren't even able to get permits to allow people to come and sit in their cars and watch movies, when people haven't been able to get more than 10 family members to a funeral this year, yet these people are allowed to go and to gather and I'm sure there are going to be hundreds of people there in order to make this event happen and to get their horses on the track. That really, really shows us what's at play here. It's that money talks. Money is what the government is valuing. And so we can't rely on governments to outlaw these things because they have their own agendas and they are looking at what is going to make them money here. We need to speak as the people. We need to stand up for what is really right. Per reach. (laughs) 
If we haven't inspired you yet, or if you are questioning things, because when we do post about this stuff, a lot of people say, oh, but I have a friend and they treat their horses so nicely. Oh, yes. I get that. I get that on a personal level, there are always going to be these stories of one person treating their horses nicely. We're not saying that the owners don't personally love their horses. But Also, please acknowledge that they are outliers. Like all you need to do is look at the statistics to know that, okay, just because you know someone who owns a horse who really values their life doesn't mean that everyone feels that way and doesn't mean that everyone treats their horse as nicely and kisses them before they go to bed at night. That's just not the world we live in. No, it's not. So let's all go and do our own research on this Let's get educated. Let's look at all of the facts, look at both sides, and you, my friend, make your mind up. If you do feel called to say nut to the cup, we certainly will be saying nut to the cup this year. So let's band together and do this. We're going to be posting across our channels on how to live on tubes about this. Our whole team from tubes, as always, a nut to the cup. And we're going to be airing a video today on our Instagram tubes about it. And we thank you for listening and for opening your hearts to these beautiful, beautiful horses that just do not deserve to be treated as anything else than the queens that they are. Let's do this one for Milu, you guys. Okay, so before we wrap up, let's get into some quick fires. The first one is, what are you going to be doing on Cup Day instead of watching the Cup? I am going to be taking myself a little holiday on the Gold Coast. My friends who are in Byron with me are having a baby in the Gold Coast Hospital, so we thought we would come up and hang out with them for the day. Oh, that's so fun. I didn't know that. Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm living in Mornington at the moment at the beach, and so I'm hoping it's going to be nice weather, and then I'll just spend some time outside on the beach, maybe eat some delicious food. And to be honest, every Tuesday at the moment, I have an assignment due for that sustainability business management course I'm doing, so I'll probably be also finishing an assignment. (laughs) What is something that you never thought you would give up in your life that you have in fact given up? That's such a good question. Canned tuna. We love canned tuna, you guys. Like growing up, that was like a staple food. We were both such picky eaters. And I guarantee you, if you ask any of our childhood friends, what's the one thing Jess and Steph have given up that you never would have guessed, they would say canned tuna. Like in a sandwich, on some rice, in sushi. It was the food that we loved. And now I'm just like, nope. I know. I can't believe we gave that up either. Mine is, I'm going to say refined sugar because I was such a sugar person and I never, ever thought I would give it up. But actually, I have been eating things with like coconut sugar and other kinds of sugars. And can I tell you, you can't even tell the difference. Nah, you can't. I just feel like All the sugar peeps, everyone like out there, restaurants, products that are making things with sugar, if they just swapped it over to natural sugars, then we would all not even know. Yeah, 100% agree. Okay, what about a life-changing product? I have been using this magnesium oil by Ananda Life, which is a Byron Bay company. I put it on before I go to bed and I swear, even if I'm like so sore, if my whole back is out, I wake up and I'm totally fine. Oh, why haven't you shared that with me? Oh my God, I don't think I have. It's so good. I'll send you some. 
Okay, I'll stay in this theme then and say that mine is a Shakti mat. I actually posted this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, but if you don't know what it is, it's basically like a bed of nails, essentially. It's maybe like just less than a meter and it's got these spi- You make it sound so appealing. It's got like these spiky needle things coming out of it and you lie on it. And I got it because I have chronic back pain and um, I haven't been able to see my therapist since everything's been closed. But it also helps so much with my sleep. It encourages your body to release these sleepy chemicals. And so I literally just lie on it for about 20 minutes before I go to bed. And then I come off of it and I act like I've taken a sleeping pill and I'm just like, okay, bye. It's amazing. Oh my God. That sounds incredible. If you could end this podcast recording, walk into the other room and there was just a celebrity standing there, what celebrity would you want it to be? (laughs) Me, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay this is so random but I'm actually gonna say Hilary Duff I just love her Instagram so much and she seems really fun to hang out with and I just feel like hanging right now like I don't feel like having a serious conversation because we just had one I just want to like chill with some peeps so like Hilary I feel like would be my girl what about you Mm, nice. I'm going to go with John Legend. I've been listening to him lately in a bit of a like sad mood and I would just want him to be there and be like, hey, I'm just going to sing right here while you just like go about your life. And I'd be like, cool. Thanks, dude. Okay. Last one. What is a movie recommendation? Okay. If you have not seen it, bar out subsequent movie film, you have to watch it. It is so funny. It is so on point for right now. I don't know how he managed to make it so topical for this year with the election stuff and the COVID stuff. And like it ends with a call to action to vote. There's something that happens with Rudy Giuliani that you just like cannot believe happens. You have to go and watch it. I'm so excited to watch it. I haven't. I'm, that's what I'm going to do this weekend. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's hilarious. He still got it. What about you, movie? Well, following Emily in Paris, I was really craving some Lily Collins. So I watched the movie Love, Rosie mm. on Netflix. And if you're looking for a Lily dose, it's a really good one. Oh, yeah. I've watched that. So cute. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you do feel like you got a lot out of it, we would just love to ask you to help us get the word out by sharing it with a friend and rating us five stars in your podcast app. Plus, do make sure you come and hang out with us on all our socials. We're Instagram at How to Live the Podcast, and our Facebook group is How to Live the Podcast. Next week on the podcast, we have the incredible Colleen McCann from Style Rituals. She is a crystal guru. Oh my God. I freaking love this conversation. Take a listen. Even if you don't even believe that that crystal has magical properties to it, if you look at that as a symbol of something that you're working on and you're like, how did I pick that crystal when I'm working on this thing in my life? And that crystal means that you sit it on your desk and you look at that thing every day and remind yourself about like where you're headed. Our thoughts, words, and actions manifest the reality that we live in. So that's going to help direct your thoughts to where you want to go. That's next week right here on the podcast. We can't wait to hear you saying nup to the cup today and hope you have some horse race free fun. Woohoo! Love you. Bye. See ya. Bye.